Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 173. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Next Step Test Prep, the MCAT podcast is here to make sure you have the information you need to succeed on your MCAT test day. We all know that the MCAT is one of the biggest hurdles you'll face as a pre-med, and we're here to give you the motivation and information that you need to know to help get you the score you deserve so you can one day call yourself a physician. Welcome to the MCAT podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. As always, I'm joined by the wonderful Phil from Next Step Test Prep. If you didn't know, Phil is also the office hours guy at Next Step Test Prep. Four out of the five days where you have access to live office hours through the Next Step MCAT course. I did a full review of that course at mcatcoursereview.com that you can check out. It'll redirect you to my YouTube video. Go check it out. It has a coupon code there as well. Again, that's mcatcoursereview.com. You could have access to Phil four days a week, a couple hours at a time. We are jumping into more MCAT stuff fun today, just for you. Phil, back for some more MCAT podcasts. I hope you have brought your A game today because I'm ready to rock and roll with some more psych socs. Yeah, we might need to call in some reinforcements. <laughs> uh, for me or for you? No, I'm just it's a play on words because today we're going to be talking about operant conditioning, which oh. involves reinforcements and punishments. Okay. So if you're, if you're a good boy, you'll get a reinforcement. <laughs> if you're not, maybe a punishment. All right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I like where this is going, <laughs> but okay, let's roll with it. Yeah. Um, so we're going through, again, the AAMC outline, which if you haven't been listening, you should go back from the beginning to hear how we're walking through or working through this outline and kind of going through it. So what are we doing today? Yeah. So we're going to talk about operant conditioning, which I think is one of the like highest yield areas in content category 7C, talking about attitude. Um, operant conditioning is so high yield that it honestly, this thing kind of shows up in like three or four of these different sections. This is where the bulk of it is, but you see this in like language acquisition. It's kind of all over the place. This is championed by BF Skinner. I think we've talked about that a couple of times before, like a Skinnerian, I think was a word we used and you're like, well, that's a new word. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, this kind of like BF Skinner operant conditioning, trying to increase and decrease behaviors. Um, and that's probably something that you're kind of like dealing with in your family, you know, trying to like change behaviors with, um, the children. Mm -hmm. And so 
like first off, there's there's kind of two big categories, and that's a reinforcement or a punishment. <laughs> a reinforcement is done to increase some behavior. A punishment is done to de- decrease the behavior. So if you want your kid to brush their teeth more, you use a reinforcement. If you want them to, I don't know, quit kicking your their sibling, you might want to do a, a punishment, <laughs> right? Like stop doing that. Yeah. How does, I mean, the first thing that pops into my head as you're talking is, well, what about positive reinforcement? How does that work into this? Yeah. And so there's both positive and negative reinforcements and punishments. And this is something that's kind of confusing because everyone's like, what's a positive punishment, right? Like, what, does that, <laughs> what does that mean? So positive just means you added something. A negative means you remove something. So if I like if I'm trying to get um, a child to brush their teeth more often and I give them a candy um, bar after like a candy bar. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Brush your teeth. Now gargle with chocolate syrup. That's your reward. Um, Like that's going to be a positive reinforcement because we're trying to increase the behavior of brushing your teeth and we're doing it by giving something right now. You could also have a negative reinforcement, which is when you take something away. And so a lot of times people are like, wait, how does that work? So you have to take away something bad. So like if you brush your teeth, now you don't have a bedtime, right? And so like you took something away, but that's kind of like reinforcing the behavior. And so another example would be like, oh, if you get straight A's, then you don't have to do chores anymore, right? And so that's going to be reinforcing that behavior by taking something away. It's taking away something bad um, and giving something good. That's how you reinforce a behavior is by, you know, rewarding by giving something or rewarding by making them not have to do chores. It's probably the, the best way to get me to do something when I was a child. Okay. Um, so obviously we can have punishments, which are to decrease behaviors, and these can be positive or negative as well. And so like, let's say that I yelled at my dog whenever they got on the couch, right? H- how would you categorize that with like positive, negative punishment reinforcement? That would be a, a that would be a punishment. It'd be positive because you're yelling. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like adding something to this dog's yeah. life that's unpleasant. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like trying to get them not to do something. Yeah. So negative reinforce, or that would be a positive punishment. Yeah. So like you're adding something unpleasant. Like if my kid gets a bad grade, I'm trying to punish that behavior. So now you have extra chores. Yeah. Right. Um, a negative punishment is when you take something away. And so that would be like um, anytime my kid like gets bad grades like now they don't get to go to the prom right and so you're taking away something from them so it's negative but it's also a punishment because you're trying to decrease that behavior of bad grades and so this is something that can be kind of like tricky and you have to like have a very like slow logical kind of like okay wait is this increasing or decreasing a behavior am i adding or taking something away in order to kind of like pull those things apart okay feeling pretty good about that i think so all right let's add some difficulty okay <laughs> so just like the MCAT will probably do on test day, they're going to try to like ratchet up the difficulty, make it a little bit more complex. Thank you. MCAT. And so, yeah, thank you. MCAT. <laughs> well, it's just because the students are too good and we gotta, we gotta figure out some way to separate these geniuses. <laughs> and so, so like we got to ratchet up the difficulty. I'm yep. speaking on behalf of the AAMC, which I'm probably not allowed to do. Um, <laughs> but like the schedule is kind of an important thing. So you could have a continuous schedule. So like every time a kid brushes their teeth, they get a sticker, right? And like, that's like a continuous thing, Uh but that's kind of hard to keep up. Right. So like, as like somebody who is rewarding or punishing things, um, you want to have like a, maybe a little bit different of a schedule. And so you can have a fixed schedule or a variable schedule. So is it like a set number of occurrences or set number of time, or is it more variable Mm -hmm. or kind of like fluid? It can also be ratio based, which is based on occurrences. 
or interval-based, which is based on time. Now, I know this is going to be very confusing. So let's kind of like going into examples, which is always the best way to do this. So let's say that I wanted to get my kid to play the piano, my theoretical non-existent child. <laughs> uh, he's going to be a uh, piano prodigy if I keep this up. Okay. Um, so I'm going to give him like $5 every time he plays for an hour. Okay. So that's going to be, first off, it's going to be a positive reinforcement because yeah. I'm giving him something to increase the behavior. Okay. But I'm doing this based on some time frame. It's yeah. not based on every time he sits down at the, the piano. It's based on like every hour. So there's like some like interval going on here. So this is going to be an interval based um, schedule rather than a ratio based schedule. A ratio would be like every time he sits down at the piano. This is like every hour. So that's a little bit different. Okay. Um, and because it's always every hour, it's going to be a fixed interval. And so it's a set amount of time. A variable interval would be like, you know, he plays for an hour, I give him $5 and he plays for 20 minutes, I give him another $5. And then three hours later, I give him another $5. And it's just like a weird kind of like unexpected, you never know kind of like when the, the reward is going to come there. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. Got it. All right. So let's, let's flip this around and like throw you into quiz mode. Okay. So going back to my dog, you know, my dog is still getting on the couch. And it might be because of my my scheduling, like how I'm doing this. So I sometimes when my dog gets on the couch, I yell at him and sometimes I don't. And so how would you how would you categorize that one? Sometimes you punish the dog and sometimes you don't. Yeah. So that would be variable. Mm hmm. Yeah. So just a variable punishment, right? Yeah. So is it going to be ratio or interval though? Is so it based be on like ratio? Right. So because getting on the couch, occurrence right. so based. Exactly. So it's occurrence based. So sometimes he'll be on the couch and I won't care. Sometimes he will. Yeah. Um, and so if it was variable interval, that would be like when my dog gets on the couch, I'm going to yell at him. It might take me like two minutes. It might take me an hour and a half. Right. But like, <laughs> the, like the amount of time is changing in that case. I feel bad so, for your dog. Like, why are you yelling at me? I've been sitting here for an hour. Yeah, come on. Come on. We watched three episodes. Um, <laughs> One more, so, daddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the idea here is like this can get kind of really complex as you like start to work through all of these like different like scheduling things. And so you can have like a fixed ratio positive punishment or a um, variable interval negative reinforcement. And so you have to have like a very like... Um, like systematic way of kind of like working through these and looking at these as like one step at a time um, to kind of go into another one here. What, what would you call like gambling on a slot machine? Yeah. So I know that's a variable ratio as well. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's a pos uh, that's a re positive reinforcement. Right. Because the idea is like you'll get paid out and that's yeah. like they're giving something to you yeah. and that gets you to do it more. Exactly. Um, so it's actually a really interesting thing. Variable ratio is actually the most powerful for increasing a behavior. Um, and this is something the MCAT might ask. So generally, uh, ratio is better than interval and variable is better than fixed. And this is something that like some parents might be like, wait a minute, <laughs> like, let me let me reassess how I've been like doing this. So I need to have like a variable ratio. So that's the sort of thing where like sometimes my kid, when he sits down, I might give him a dollar. Sometimes I don't, right? And so I might give them like a dollar three times in a row, mm -hmm. or it might be four times in a row that I don't. But the idea here is he doesn't know when he's going to get paid. Yep. So every time he sits down, there's a chance. There's a chance I'm going to get paid just for sitting down here. I don't have to sit down for an hour or yeah. anything like that. I just have to sit down. And so that causes them to like do that behavior more often. 
because like every moment there's a chance versus if it was a fixed interval, let's say it was like every 10 hours, he gave them $5. Yeah. Like right after they got paid, there is no incentive to keep playing. Right. Because like I have to sit here for another 10 hours before I get paid again. Like I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And so fixed interval tends to be worse than a uh, variable ratio. And that's why that's what you see in slot machines. Yeah. And so and social like, media and email. Exactly. It's like if I check my email and I know every time I check my email, there's going to be five emails there. That's not very exciting. But every time I check my email, sometimes there's zero, sometimes there's one, sometimes there's 40. Right, exactly. And so that's definitely something to kind of like keep in mind with that. Um, and so like, in my mind, like if I want to teach my theoretical child, one day I'll have an actual child and I'll want to teach him to play the piano. Like, do I really want to use variable ratio for everything? A part of me feels like that's going to put the kid in like a weird place. Like they never know when the punishments are going to come or when the rewards are going to come. And they're going to be like constantly like on the edge of their seats. But it'll be the best way to increase a behavior. I don't know if it's best for this, like the psychology of the child. Yeah. But um, I guess it depends on how frustrated I am with potty training, like how I how far I kind of like go into that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So any questions on those kind of like uh, like big categories there? I don't think so. Yeah. So these are all just to like be clear. These are all operant conditioning, which is the the whole idea here is rewards and punishments. And so B.F. Skinner was the guy that kind of like the father, he's like a behaviorist, like focusing in on behavior and how to increase and decrease behaviors. And so that's where this kind of comes in. And um, so he was like, he like famously had this idea that like, if you gave me a child, I could turn that child into a pillar of humanity by constantly rewarding good stuff and punishing whenever they lie or cheat or steal. Mm -hmm. Or I could do the opposite. I could reward them every time they lied and punish them every time they told the truth and they turn into a deceitful person kind of overall. So so operant, so, so operant conditioning is Skinner, right? Mm -hmm. Operant conditioning is the slot machine and you will rub the skin off of your palms if you're at the slot machine too long. (laughs) I love that. Rub the skin. So it's the Skinner. It like pulls the skin off. Yep. Yeah. And that's just kind of like opposite of classical conditioning, which is the Pavlov, right? Like keeping the dog train going here. Um, so Pavlov famously had a dog and it was like Pavlov's dog. Yeah. Um, and so the idea here was like this dog, every time he got meat, the dog would start to drool. And so that like Pavlov wanted to see if he could create like some sort of like different relationship with this. And so what he would do is he would ring a bell every time he would give the dog like some meat. And then Eventually, he would just ring the bell and the dog would start to drool and like there was no meat involved at all. Yep. And so there's like some really specific language. There's like conditioned and unconditioned stimuli and responses. So the unconditioned response and stimulus, that's what happens just naturally. So the like meat and drooling, mm-hmm. that's like the unconditioned uh, stimulus and response um, versus the bell and drooling. That's the conditioned stimulus and the conditioned response. Now, something that's really nice there is drooling is both the unconditioned and the conditioned response. And so that should always be the same because like the idea here is we're trying to get something else to cause the same effect. And so like the meat causes the dog to drool. And so now the bell causes the dog to drool. Is another way to think of condition is trained. Like if someone is having a hard time thinking about condition, like I don't understand condition, like you have trained versus untrained. Right, exactly. And there's, there's kind of like different ways to do this. Um, so the, like the classical conditioning is what we're talking about here, where you're just kind of trying to like 
ties some behavior to something else. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, like just, I'm trying to think of like some way to tie this into MCAT studying, right? <laughs> like, so if you um, are really happy whenever you are like listening to this certain song, now maybe you should study listening to that song. Mm. And then when you're studying, you'll also be happy. And so like that song makes you happy. And then like you're creating, so that's your unconditioned stimulus and response. Now, if you like can somehow relate studying to that song, now that studying is going to make you happy. I don't know if that's actually going to work very well, but you can, you can try it and like, <laughs> can it try it. can't hurt. Yeah. Right. Um, I know one guy in uh, undergrad that like when he studied, he just listened to eye of the tiger on loop and uh, <laughs> like on his, uh, on his laptop, it said that it had been played like something like 4,000 times. Um, and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like I, I would get sick of that song. And he's just like, it's my pump up song. Um, and so that's, uh, you know, kind of like the classical conditioning sort of thing. It's just kind of like tying some behavior to something that's already naturally occurring um, versus operant conditioning is a lot more kind of like specific or we're really trying to increase this behavior, that behavior with punishments or reinforcements. Okay. Yeah. So those are the, the two. You definitely want to make sure you can tell the difference between those um, as you're kind of like thinking about things because the like. I was kind of like trying to hint at this. So the, the unconditioned response and unconditioned or the conditioned response and the unconditioned response are always the same. So if you okay. ever see an MCAT question where they ask you like, based on the passage, like doing a backflip was what, if you see unconditioned and conditioned responses as your answer choices, like those have to be the same. So you can't have two correct answers. Mm. So if you ever see unconditioned response and conditioned response, both as answer choices, that means they're both wrong because they're, they have to be the same thing um, because of the way that's set up. And so that kind of like helps you like cross off answers. That's like a high level MCAT judo where you like turn the exam around on itself. Um, kind of like in judo, you like use your opponent's weight against themselves. Yeah. And so if you happen to see those two answer choices together, you can immediately cross them both out, which feels good because then you're at a 50 50 and you haven't done anything. Yeah. So, so an example of that, because it took me a second in my head to think about that. So, thinking about Pavlov's dog with the drooling. So if, if it's said, if the question was something like the, the drool is an example of the conditioned response and it also had unconditioned response because both conditioned and unconditioned responses drooling, they, they're both right. Therefore that's not the answer. Right. Yeah. Okay. So if, if they were to ask about drooling, like that would be the conditioned and the unconditioned response. And yeah, like if they're both answer choices, you can't pick. Unless it has a D, A and B. Right. Yeah. Unless it's like a Roman numeral question. Yeah. It's like combine and like mix different things. That would actually be a dirty question. Now that I think about it, that would actually be a very good MCAT question. I might have to build a question around <laughs> that at some point uh, because people aren't going to like the idea that one thing somehow fits in two categories. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of how it fits with the classical conditioning. Okay. Yeah. So these are really useful tools, not just for like, you know, they're not just things you need to know for the MCAT, but it's also kind of nice to like try to use these things to increase or decrease a certain behavior of your own or <laughs> don't behavior. manipulate your friends or teachers. We do not yeah. condone that. Yeah, <laughs> Children, Actually, we, get, we do. Yeah. There, there's an episode of The Office where um, Jim trains Dwight to like reach out for an Altoid whenever the like computer boots up and like that's definitely classical conditioning. Yeah. Um, where they're kind of like relating the the boot up noise to the, like the offering of an Altoid. I, I never watched The Office. I should get into that. Oh yeah. Well, it's it's homework now for anybody who's <laughs> studying for the MCAT because that one like three second um, <laughs> prank in the show. 
And so now you have to spend, I don't know how many hours, hundreds of hours watching that just so that you can understand that better. Yeah. Okay. Anything else for uh, this section? I think we're, no. we're good. I think just uh, being aware, you know, trying to understand and utilize these things. Um, definitely make sure you can tell the difference. Like the best way to work on the operant conditioning, I think that's the more complex, like positive, negative, reinforcement, punishment, fixed variable, interval, ratio. It's it's very easy to kind of like tripped up in those. And so coming up with your own examples is always the best way to kind of like work through those. And so think of something that maybe you tried to get somebody to do or stop doing or somebody something that your parents did to try to get you to start or stop doing something and try to figure out um, kind of like how, what category that fit into. All right. So there you have it. Some more MCAT prep for you some more MCAT knowledge coming your way. Hopefully that was helpful to help you maximize your score on the MCAT. Again, go check out the MCATcoursereview.com that I have. It's a video on YouTube that I did a review of their course and there's a coupon code there as well. Again, MCATcoursereview.com. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT podcast. This is MedEd Media.